Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So we come to you again uh, on remote, people in different locations and different i don't even i don't even know where everybody is uh always aggravated now here's how this is going to work just so you understand what's going on here so we're going to do the episode today and then we're probably going to take a couple of weeks off just to give you guys a heads up uh in the middle of this pandemic uh multiple things going on we got all people in different locations roberto's at home um it's just probably a couple of week pause to figure out how to get us all in the same location how to see where where earth is going here in a couple of weeks and really just with all due respect to people who podcast for a living we don't um this is primarily for fun and when we're cranking outside of a pandemic yeah it's it's a nice it's a nice uh little money play here who are we kidding it puts a little extra money in our pockets here's the point prioritizing the show we got 20 hours a week. We got no sports to talk about. I want to use our best stuff on the air. So a couple of weeks, um, we don't have our guy in studio who produces these, and it's why they sound so good. And we're not together recording them. We're going to take a couple of weeks off. It's not the end of the world, but just letting you know, this will kind of be the jump off here for a few weeks. And then all of a sudden we'll pop up on your phone when the calendar probably says May. So there's your heads up. Now, David and Mike, you guys were just collaborating before I jumped on here. And you have something that you're demanding we, we start with. So I, I'm here. Tell me, please. Delight my senses. Well, we had the comments from Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick. Next topic. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No one wants to hear from him, really. But he made a comment yesterday. He says, I don't see a model where we play at least any extended number of games in facilities where we don't have fans. College football is about cheerleaders and the band and the campus environment on game day. And, you know, now Major League Baseball is considering having games in Arizona with no fans. Every team will be there. And then I also read something about the NHL thinking about North Dakota being their location to have all their games restart in with no fans. And it just makes you wonder, we do want sports back, but do we want sports back with no fans in the stadium? I do. Look, sports is sports. I, I understand how badly I want fans back and how bad we want to enjoy the full spectrum. But, David, I, I said this to you on the base show. If you could sign me up right now for abbreviated baseball, no fans, spring training sites, etc., or let's say we did basketball, playoffs, UNLV campus, Las Vegas, abbreviated, like summer league, I yes. take it. Mm-hmm. I take whatever. 
I, I just think people don't understand that how important sports are to the psyche of the American public. And I know the lazy thing. The lazy answer is, how can you talk about this at a time when people are losing their job? Because you can have both conversations. Look, newsflash, we live with tragedy on a daily basis. This pandemic is certainly part of that. Sports plays a role on a day-to-day basis, and it's one of the coping mechanisms that people have, whether it be in times of economic strife, times in medical strife, financial strife, life. It's there. Okay? It's why sports brings us all together. I think as a country, we need sports. Yep. Now, we're not going to put people at danger. We're not going to do something irresponsible. And I'm not telling you it's going to happen tomorrow because it's not. But I think sports is very, very important that even if the game doesn't look normal, the presence of the game on your television or on your calendar allows you to feel more normal. That, to me, is critical in people coping. So I'll take whatever you're offering. You want to give me a nine-game conference schedule that starts October 1st? No fans, just the band mic'd up. Just the, 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 the cheerleaders, if you want. I don't know. I don't know. I'm fine with it. I'll take it. You want to tell me that the college football playoff is just not going to happen this year? We're only going to play for a conference title? Fine. But Jack Schwarbrick, to me, is silly making declarations today for things that aren't going to happen until August. And we just don't know. Yeah, and what confuses me, too, is he's out there saying what, what doesn't make sense to me. He actually thinks that if fans aren't allowed, that there's going to be a huge student section allowed. You're right. I, I, don't, I, I just don't get that, unless you're just going to spread students out across the entire uh, stadium and have them sit rows apart. The point is, the entire social distancing conversation and, and guideline is to not have people shoulder to shoulder. So it doesn't make much sense to me where he's admitting that in his eyes, stadiums won't be full, but he's also in the same breath saying that their student section will be full with, play, with, with students shoulder to shoulder. So that whole, I, I, don't know, I don't know what he's trying, I get his point, like he's just saying maybe it'll be a limited crowd, but overall, it, I, I just think that it leads into a lot more confusion when you're openly speculating about a, a policy like this here in, in, in early April. It doesn't just, it really doesn't do much good. Yeah, and what he's saying doesn't make sense anyway because we have no idea if there's even going to be college kids on a campus come fall. Right. We don't even know that far yet. But here's the thing. When it comes to sports, and I, I agree with you, Mike, sports is an, ex- an, is an ex- escape for people, okay? We go through everyday life. We go to work. We deal with family. We deal with kids. We deal with wife, husband, whoever, whatever you're dealing with. And you watch sports that three to four hours is a getaway. It's a getaway for people. And in a time like this, yes, we're not going to have sports back probably in May. We're not going to have it that soon. But when we get it, everyone will love it no matter what it looks like. It will look weird. It will sound weird. When the conversation was first had about the NCAA tournament possibly happening without fans, everyone said, wow. I don't know what that's what that's going to sound like, but I didn't hear one person say, I don't want it. 
I didn't hear one person saying, you know what, I don't want it like that. I don't need the NCAA tournament without fans. No, everyone said, yeah, I'll still watch. Absolutely. I'll still take it because I need it right now. And then it got canceled, and we all know what happened. But when sports returns, no matter what it looks like, whether it's baseball with an empty stadium, mm-hmm. basketball with an empty – anything that comes back first, everybody is going to be glued to the television. Look, I'm not a hockey fan, but if hockey is the first league to come back, I'd guess what it. I'm watching? I'm watching in it, in it, the NHL because we need it. Fans or not. I'd, I'd watch it. I think that's a great point. It wouldn't even matter what sport comes back. I think we'd watch it. I think we'd be a part of it. And I, th- I think ultimately, like, you know, people can bicker and, and, and certainly horse racing's come under fire for, in certain states, staying open. I don't have a perfect mm-hmm. solution. I mean, I understand the economics of the game, and it's wholly different uh, than other sports. You can't ask horses to take a pay cut. You can't ask the people that own the horses to lay them off or furlough them. That's just not how it works. They require immaculate care. Even if you do, quote, lay them off and put them in a field somewhere to just be a horse, you're going to incur three or four months of bills to get them back to racing shape. Horse racing is running because of what David said. If it's on, maybe people will watch. Yeah. You know, we talked about pre-pandemic how sports betting had become legal in the state and how big it was going to be. Well, one thing people have shown is the people who want to gamble are going to gamble. And they'll gamble on whatever's on. (laughs) I mean, think about it. Think about college football. A game on a Tuesday night, Miami, Ohio, Kent State. If that game is on, people are going to bet on it. If the game's not on, They'll bet on something else. Horse racing is betting that by being available, they'll get people. Now, I don't have total data because horse racing is decades behind in data tracking, financials, um, really getting their message out. But, Mike, I mean, I was watching um, racing a couple weeks back, and it was a year over year, a random day. And I think I was watching Gulfstream Park on a Sunday. And this year, this Sunday I was watching, midst of pandemic, their handle was over a million dollars higher than the same date a year ago pre-pandemic. You know why. Now, maybe it's other tracks are closed. Maybe it's other sports. The bottom line is the horses can't get it. You can practice social distancing. There aren't many people working. And frankly... This is the unknown about horse. People don't realize this, but a lot of people you see, the outriders, backstretch employees, different, those people live at the track. When you close the track, you are effectively making those people homeless. Santa Anita has over 700 employees who live at the track. They closed. Mm-hmm. Where do those people go? Right. What do those people do? Right. It's a double-edged sword. See, sports and horse racing are, are the same on one hand, but they're vastly different. What David's saying about if hockey were on, I would, I would watch, that's the bet horse racing's making. With Gulfstream Park, Tampa Bay Downs, Oaklawn Park, and, some, and look, Gulfstream Park is getting pummeled in the media. Miami Herald wrote a scathing piece uh, over last weekend, and I understand it. Like, I, this is one, I understand the optics, but I also understand the economics of the game, yep. and there really isn't a good answer here. You know, this, this, you're dealing with living, breathing things that cannot take care of themselves. You know, Mike Trout's going to be okay while quarantined. 
you know, and I understand I see players talk about what percentage of the league is living paycheck to paycheck. Well, ultimately, I challenge those figures. And second of all, human beings and animals are two separate things. So keep an eye on horse racing if they're going to continue. And again, Belmont Park is supposed to be opening up in a couple of weeks. Mm. Uh, The Maryland Thoroughbred uh, Racing Club is going to have to make a decision here as their summer is a prime time. Well, I'm just saying. No no issue. I mean, let's – Mike, let me just ask you this. And if you don't want to – if you're not comfortable answering this, then fine. But in your opinion, can horse racing be done – safely right now observing social distancing and precautions yes yes i and i agree with that i say the same for golf i think we have to start asking everyone gets caught up on the word essential and non-essential what about tennis we got to start asking what is safe and what is unsafe if if you if you can safely operate something and there can be recreation (coughs) or it can be business if you can safely operate it it should be going on well and, and understand if you really want to make this perfect This is where the testing has to get better. I mean, taking someone's temperature is no longer a valid final step into whether uh, they could be admitted into a building or not. I mean, you see at the tracks, um, the backstretch people are wearing masks. Um, You need to take temperatures. You need to wear masks. You need to wear gloves. And we would need testing. You know, the ability that if you're going to show up to work, we need a 15-minute test. Take the test in the morning. You're here. You're ready to come to work. Now, again, that's not where we need it to be. So, look, right now, maybe it's not great. But while I see the curve flattening and while I see positive signs, and I'm going to get into some of those on our regular show, so I don't want to kind of muddy the waters here. Look, I do think from an economic standpoint, certain businesses are going to need to function. And if you're telling me like, hey, you know, you got, you got people that are making, you know, near minimum wage working at grocery stores on the front lines, all right? How is this any different? You can say, oh, well, one's necessity and one's not. The point is both businesses will go under if they don't operate. So we have to weigh that out. You know, the horse racing business, you're talking about lives being lost with the animals. You're talking about... An industry that just won't recover, and it's an industry that is look, it's 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 a lot of money. And I, I just I don't know the answer. I will just tell you I go back to this. I believe sports plays a major role in the mental coping for adults in this country yes. and for kids in this country. Yes. And you know what? If horse racing can just be a very a little light bulb, and maybe I can get golf this summer. And maybe the tennis tour restarts. No fans. You know, hey, it's something. It gives people something. You know, we ourselves, look at the fun we've had escaping on the show, doing a couple of horse picks here or there, being able to introduce people to the game. I'm just telling you, Jack Schwarbrick and his comments five months down the line and no fans, I don't want to see it. I just don't think that's a realistic view. I don't. I think we need to really make decisions where clearly the average American has got to stay home, stay inside, stay safe. There's no argument. There's no dickering. There's no bargaining. Then you have to get to something where you go, okay, if I have people working at a track, and if they're not working, they're homeless. And if I shut this business down, there's no job to come back to. I do wonder about the ultimate cost there. Can we be safe enough? I'm not a doctor. But I 
feel like you could. People I've spoken to who know the game inside and out have a confidence level that you could, and you're going to see it. You're, this is going to touch everyone in every industry everywhere. And I think um, New York State, um, they lost their first backstretch employee to COVID-19 today. Well, New York State isn't running and hasn't been running for weeks. So I'm just making a point. Like, we can't, we can't get caught up in 100%. We have to be perfect. We have to be absolute. I don't, I don't think that's realistic. I don't. So, I don't know. Maybe people will disagree. Maybe they don't put a premium on sports. Maybe they don't believe in the mental aspect of it. But I think sports is a metaphor for the rest of society that if certain businesses are not capable of functioning on the other side of this and are never going to come back, I think we do need to look at how we're treating them, when we let them back, can they in a safe manner, can they operate? I don't know. You know, Sully, you brought up golf courses. I don't have that answer. Um, you know, golf, tennis, um, these different sports that are really unique. I think it could be an opportunity for them to get yep. the spotlight. It could be an opportunity to for people to become a little more interested in the darkest hour. A reprieve. We're all locked inside. Yes, yeah. yeah, something. So, I, Mike, well, I don't know. I'm rambling on no, about it, and I apologize. It's, again, that's what I am starting to view all this as, because, again, everyone gets caught up on the word essential versus non-essential, when the question really needs to be, is it safe or is it unsafe? And whether it's horse racing, whether it's golf, whether it's tennis, whether it's walking your dog in a park, if you can safely do something, and there's guidelines in place where you can safely yeah. do a recreational activity, where you can safely conduct business, where you can safely take part in something, then I think that should be allowed. Because not only for the mental health aspect of people getting a reprieve, but just uh, you know, from, from a functionality standpoint and moving forward, if you can safely do an activity or a job, you should be allowed to do it. And, and it, it goes beyond sports as well, whether it's landscaping, whether it's construction, whether it's these other hot-button topics that people have had lately, if they're uh, able to work in those conditions. I think it's a big, oh, it's I a think big discussion. The, I think the construction thing is fascinating. You know, where we live uh, in Metro Detroit, in a, in, a, in a growing suburb, an exploding suburb, you see the buildings that are half finished with construction stop. You yes. see new builds, homes, construction stop. You know, what do we do there? How much is the cost? I mean, could we have a designated number of tested employees on a job site? Masks, gloves. Um, maybe the work is slower, but it's work. It's putting people back to work. It's getting projects back online. It's getting, you know, again, it's complex. There's no simple answer, but I'm not going to lie to my audience and say I'm not wondering about these things. We do need to look at effective ways on a limited basis to open up and not today, not tomorrow, not next week. But when you get in the business of talking, when the calendar gets to May, no, I don't think the average American should be leaving their house. I don't believe that. But when you talk about the supply chain, when you talk about broadening the scope of what is deemed essential, and when you talk about what allowing people back to work would look like, I think those conversations have to be had right now in preparation for three, four, five, six weeks from now. Correct. Yep. So with that, 
I do think we need to have those conversations in the coming days and weeks regarding sports. So, no, I'm not going to lie to you saying I'm not thinking about things like that. And I don't think it's insensitive. You know, I don't think it's 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 ridiculous. You know, 10 days ago, if I told you New Orleans, who had an order for 14,000 ventilators, would today reduce their order to a thousand, would you believe me? No, not that. If I if I told you that every single person who needed a hospital bed needed an ICU bed and needed a ventilator in New York would get one that they wouldn't be overrun. Would you believe it? No. If I told you the state of California 10 days ago would be in a surplus position where they could begin sending ventilators to New York and New Mm -hmm. Jersey and other states. Would you believe it? See, this is my point. Which is good. I, I truly believe the measures that are being taken by any governor with a brain. I believe we are seeing results. And guess what? The results we're getting now are two weeks old. And every day we get closer and closer and closer to that deeper impact point of social distancing, I think the numbers are really going to improve. I mean, look, look at the models that you've seen. Now, again, we all love trusting. Well, look, we trust models, right? Look at the University of Washington model and how it projects now. You know, I think it was an 80 percent reduction in their estimates on death in the state of Washington. Like, we're making progress here. And as long as we're making progress, we need to have a piece, maybe only 10 or 20% of our attention. We need to have a piece on what the future looks like. I think sports has to be a part of it. I think that we, we will need to put certain people back to work in a safe environment, as safe as we can make it. But, nah, I, you know, guys, I'm sorry if I'm rambling. I'm just, I'm very passionate about it because I think there is just, again, when you turn on the cable news, it's a disgrace. Hey, I'd like to appoint the, the viewer's attention to an ambulance that just went by. Yeah, asshole, you're at a hospital. They got fucking ambulances there, okay? <laughs> We're in the middle of a pandemic, dickhead. I don't need you to scare the shit out of people. Like, that's what cable news is, though. Oh, the third ambulance since I've been standing here at 9 a.m. Hey, asshole, nobody is surprised. Stop doing that. All right, that's not an Allen Iverson three-pointer. I don't need a scoreboard. It's just, I think we're making progress. And I think we're going to continue to make progress. Yep. And I think as a part of that, conversations need to be had. And yes. those conversations must include sports. Period. Amen. Yes. Sorry, David. I felt like your uncle at church. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Sounds good Just to me. Just cutting it loose. <laughs> no, but I think that circling back to, to David's original point, too, about with no fans in stadiums, I think that looks... Yes, of course we all want sports back, and that's something we'll have to sacrifice because that is a lot different. You know what? I, oh, yeah. I, I know that fans don't. I can't. It's not even fair to say fans do impact the game, but they don't directly impact the game. However, you want to say it. It's weird. It will be weird having no fans in arenas, which I think that that's inevitably going to happen at first. I'll no deal. doubt. 
but I'll deal with it. It's but it's going to have to happen. Now, do I <laughs> wonder on a far, far, and this is a discussion itself. Do I wonder on a far, far less non-important type discussion on how that will impact sports in terms of? Uh, underdogs, favorites, that type of thing, and not having to deal with hostile environments. Yeah, I, I wonder all that, and that's a discussion for a different day because I do think that will factor into sports itself. But, but yeah, if we can get sports back, even if there's not a lot of fans, there are no fans or minimal fans there at first. We have to. Okay, UHY's top priority is the health and safety of their colleagues and clients. While the professionals are temporarily working remotely, they remain committed to delivering the next level of service clients expect. UHY is monitoring emerging tax policies and are actively assisting clients with strategies to navigate the economic hardships of the coronavirus pandemic. They're focused on delivering high-quality, cutting-edge strategy and timely service even during these challenging times. UHY has made significant investments in technology that allows them to effectively communicate, process data, and even deliver tax returns, financial statements, and consulting advice virtually. So during such troubling times, planning opportunities do exist for individuals and businesses alike. Tax planning during stock market volatility, looking at retirement packages, gifting, and more. UHY is here for you. From their 350 home offices, UHY certified public accountants. Call 586-254-1040 or visit uhy-us.com.